inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling Yes, indeed, and the rain had been tumbling down. <laughs> uh, it's time for In the Garden, by the way, and it's sponsored by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, by Poly Construction, Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all, by Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road, by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Check out store locations, hours, and sales online at sticksandstuff.com. By P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Walkett, family milled lumber for all projects. Check out P&R Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it guysfarmandyard.com and by Dandelion Acres Garden Center Route 107 in Bethel. They sponsor our podcast. You can check them out at dandelionacres.com Peter Burke is here to answer your gardening questions and uh, hear your gardening comments. How's it going in in your garden? Give us a call at 802 Two four four one seven seven seven, and right now here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey Joel, how are you today? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah welcome. The rave reviews. Uh, back. Right here we go. <laughs> so you uh, you found your gift? I did. Boy, I am going to try this out. <laughs> Tomato jam, something I did not know about yes, until yes. last week when I heard uh, some restaurant people and their customers raving about it. Yes. One thing when the yes. when the manufacturer raves about it, but when the when the people that actually yep. go out and buy it yep. rave about it. Wow. This is. Uh from Black Hill, uh, fresh Ooh. tomato savory jam. Mm. And I saw that and I thought, oh, who would want jam, vegetable jam? And then I thought, you know what? I would. <laughs> yes. Well, I say you I just got the, add it to soups and things. You know, I, don't just spread it on toast or anything. Well, the the specific reason was for my. Uh, I like to make a vinaigrette for uh-huh. salads. You know, well, my that'll own. Work. And I thought, you know, there's something to just kind of, uh, you know, give it a little more depth and stuff. And I was thinking in terms of garlic. So I found there is a garlic savory jam. There is an onion savory Ooh. jam. And then, of course, this tomato savory jam. And uh, so I was pretty tickled with that because, of course, if you're going to grow salad greens, you you got to do yep. something with yep. uh, 
you know, with a vinaigrette. Uh, not that, you know, most everybody likes the goddess dressing or, uh, you know, a good, uh, just regular Italian dressing, but I like to experiment a little yeah. bit. And, and one of the experiments was, uh, you ever get the, the pickled, uh, peppers? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and if you use that vinegar, the, you know, what they, what you can it in, Instead of your regular vinegar, it gives it a, a really nice flavor, and I, I kind of like that. And we're we're in that stage in the garden where it's time to think about how to eat what we're growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's what got me going on the on the vinaigrettes, and and so you ended up with the savory tomato I jam. Thank you. Oh, I will report back and uh, <laughs> yum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to try it in all different kinds of soups, you know, just oh, a yeah. tablespoon at a time. Yep. Because that's what they yep. were saying. Well, what got me started is one of my daughter, uh, Samantha's, uh, recipe, and it included, a, it was a, a raspberry jam um, uh, a vinaigrette. And you put the raspberry jam in there, and that helps to thicken it up and, and keep it thick. So uh, that's kind of thought, oh, I could do the same thing with this, hopefully. Yeah, the, uh, this uh, Blake Hill brand yeah. has as its motto, uh, yeah. cook with jam. So they must, so they have, <laughs> obviously have quite a variety of them. And that's their, yeah, that's the message they want to get through. Cook yeah. with yeah. jam. Yeah. Uh, well, we like, I like to have fun with my, my recipe making and, and, uh, this is definitely one of them. And speaking of, uh, salads, uh, every year I get, uh, either, Either three, uh, four packs or two six packs of the, from, uh, Kate Farm, the, uh, the, uh, Buttercrunch, uh, the bib lettuce. Oh, yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's so much fun because right now they're just these deep, dark green heads, open heads, you know. And they're, they, they head up eventually, but what I do is I always pick the outer leaves as, as they grow. And, uh, I find that by picking the outer leaves, they actually grow better and they head up better. So this is something that um, I really recommend if you have an open leaf like a black-seeded Simpson and all the red, uh, um, you know, oak leaf ones, is to is to pick them uh, vigorously. You know, uh, take those outer leaves uh, at least once a week. And maybe a couple times a week, and and don't worry if the if the lettuce leaves are a little bit on the small side. Well, they'll be they'll be just as tasty. And um, uh, so I I just have gotten in the habit of going out and taking the outer leaves, and um, you know just from those few plants, I had a, a salad bowl absolutely full to the top of just those leaves, just Ooh. those butter crunch leaves. You know, shred some carrot on there, some uh, cherry tomatoes, uh, you know, and, and, uh, well, of course we had a couple of right avocados, so that makes a, a great salad, but what a, what a great way to start. So this time of year in the garden, right, those, those lettuces now that are starting to really produce, um, Will bolt fairly soon. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. I give it, you know, maybe another three weeks most. Okay, so in that container, my my garden, my uh, green stock container, the big tall one that I showed you the picture oh, yes. of. Yeah. Um, so I went ahead and planted some seeds, 
right? And uh, this was just only maybe four or five days ago, and they're up already. They're shooting up. You know, they're like quarter inch tall, but they're already starting to grow. So that's my my next round of lettuces, and uh, uh, they're they're just different varieties on the butter butter crunch uh, uh, Boston bib style lettuces. So. So that's the the next round, because if you want to keep uh, fresh, you know, salad greens, then you have to do a couple of different things. One is to continue to replant and then plant a variety of things that, that will adjust to the heat. You know, if you plant spinach now, uh, uh, it's not going to do too well, mm-hmm. you know, but if you plant the, uh, the edible... Uh, uh, um, uh, perpetual chard, you know, if you plant that now, then you're going to have these nice sort of uh, spinach-like leaves for your salad. And even though they're a chard, they're smaller and tender rather than the big leaves like your like your foot hook or your, you know, any of the other uh, chards. So that's important to is to to keep planting, you know. Uh, I've said it, uh, I think, uh, probably quite a few times, is that the garden season, within the garden season, there are many other seasons. And it's just sort of like the seasons in Vermont, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) you have not only the spring, but then you get the black fly season and then, (laughs) you know, the heat. Uh, And then you have the fall season and then, you know the the regular winter season and then you get the wicked cold season which is like January and February below <laughs> and then of course mud season to greet it all yeah, in the spring yeah. <laughs> the same thing is with gardening as you you know I always think of the garden seasons starting with the fall planting because that's when you put in your garlic and as I've mentioned before that's when you put in your spinach and uh, almost any kind of those cold uh, weather um, uh, greens will go right through, like uh, like radishes and and uh, oh, the winter density lettuces. Those ones, um, then uh, you, you know the Claytonia and the um, the miner's lettuce, uh, the match M A C H E match. Um, all of those will you can plant in the fall, even arugula really. And, and you'll have those will grow first thing in the, in the uh, spring before it's even planting time in the spring. And they'll pop up, you know, your garden, uh, your, uh, garlics, you know, will be some of the first up and, you know. So, uh, to keep a, a steady, you know, uh, bowl of greens for your salad, you know, we, we go through at least, oh, Probably four salads every year. There's some nights we don't have a salad, but, you know, a lot of times we'll make a big salad and have leftover salad for the next day. So, um, Let's see. I've sort of hogged up. Was there anything you wanted to go over? 
before. Uh, uh, nothing I really. Going. I just might, might make mention before we close the chervil that is around again. That that yellow flower that'll burn you very oh, badly. Yeah. Oh, oh, the yeah, parsnip. The, is yeah, the, the parsnip, wild yeah, parsnip. Yeah, the wild parsnip. You know, to the uneducated eye, of which is mine, it, you know, mm-hmm. yellow flowers. Oh, that's goldenrod. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No. You know, it'll it'll really burn on your skin, I, and I definitely know. don't want to get in your eyes. You know. Yeah. I know one gentleman, uh, one of Deb's customers, uh, had a terrible reaction. Yeah. You know, he was out, you know, you know, weeding for his mom, you know, and and just didn't know anything about that parsnip, and he was hauling it out like crazy, and it just really burned him badly. Yeah, you know, it it, it is a weed, and you recognize it as a weed. So if you start yanking it out, what? Yeah. And I tell you. Because, well, the, there's a, there was an article, I believe it was published by the UVM Extension, but a number of news organizations reprinted it. So it should be easy to find. Uh, mm-hmm. I would, uh, you know, Google wild parsnip or chervil. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but the thing is, is that it also, sp- I mean, you just can step on a little bit of it, then walk to another part of your garden or another part of your property anywhere, and you can replant it. It is very... Yeah, it, it has adapted itself that it spreads very, very easily. Yep. Okay. Okay, I think we got a good friend here on the line, if I'm not mistaken. Push that button, push that button, and say, whoops, do we, what do I say? I say, uh, uh name in town? No, I know, I, I, I recognize. <laughs> or do you say, whoops? I say, whoops. <laughs> and then I say, hello, Ray. <laughs> hello there, young fella. Okay. How are you? Hey, I, 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 I gotta tell you something. You, uh, you might, your listeners might like they got deer trouble. Yeah. My daughter-in-law discovered something or found out about. You know what they call dryer sheets? Yeah. If you do the laundry, that you put them in that electric dryer. Yep. Well, they tell me that deer hate it. It really? messes all her, their smell up. They can't distinguish what they're looking for. And she takes these garden sheets and cuts them up in pieces and hangs around the corners and up and down the rows here and there. Not, not. Two, you know, takes and they last forever. Yeah. If they get wet, they don't seem to hurt. Yeah. You just hang them out there, and we've had tremendous luck. The deer don't bother, and uh, if you know what a garden sheet is, I'm no launderer, so. <laughs> but anyway, they work good, and I think they work on woodchucks, but I wouldn't swear to it. Huh? Isn't that interesting? You well, know. I don't know how she found out about it or what, but I don't. We don't have no deer bothering our garden, and huh. even later in the fall, you know, and they. You, when you get stuff out there and the snow's hitting, they're out digging. I don't know if it'll work then or not, but it might. All I know is that during the summer, if you have trouble with the, the little fleet-footed deers, try that. And oh. it don't cost much. And hang them up here and there and cut them up in pieces. And if they get wet, they seem to spring right back. And yeah. it's worth the try. They don't cost much. Yeah. I, it, that's interesting because I, I was just talking to uh, one of the girls at work, and she was saying they – they were looking at a um, a deer and a foal in their yard, and then she yeah. said, "Oh, I'll bet the buck is not far away." Because she kept looking over her shoulder. She went right. to the other side of the house, and sure enough, there was a buck eating his her husband's apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah. I work around there too. So I, I I'll, I'll let her know uh, Monday. Well, no Wednesday uh, when yeah. we get back to to work, uh, uh, Ray. I'll I, let her I know your like, tip. I, I, Someone was talking about it, one of our egg customers, and that the dog on deer, and, and they mentioned it, and I, I didn't know about it really. And gosh, it works good. So, 
Hey, give it a try. It, 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 it only costs you whatever box that stuff costs. <laughs> that ain't much, apparently. Nope. <laughs> hey, I like your program, so one well, bird's another. Well, Keep on guiding. Well, all. thanks, Ray. I He's appreciate your call. roll by roll. I can't take my guidance <laughs> no, Absolutely. All my need to put is weeds. That's what I need. <laughs> all, we need Ray, all we need, Ray, is a saxophone solo to go in the middle of that. And well, I think we've got I, a I hit. I play tomorrow down in Rochester, Vermont, my old hometown, and and for the, it's kind of like an old home Sunday. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Terrific. So I'll be down there with Jim Thompson, my son Sammy, and we'll be make air pollution, you know. Air <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweet air pollution. Much, much nicer than what the Canadians are sending us, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I hope it is. <laughs> Love the show, guys. Keep Th- it up. Thanks yeah. a lot, Ray. Yeah, take, take care. care. Yeah, you know, um, also, so I'm adding that to my list. You know, for me, what did work was the monofilament. When I was really into this, you know, um, yeah. when, I, uh, when we first uh, started, uh, you know, the, the, this program, and um, yeah, I tried absolutely everything, and uh, just buying some of the really thin fishing line mm-hmm. and stretching it around, and you know, you could buy those uh, plastic posts that have all the little. Different height hooks on it, so oh, that, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, so you don't have to, you know, staple and have all kinds of things. Real easy to do. Just mm-hmm. put the plastic uh, uh, stakes in the ground, and then at various levels, especially at uh, the, the deer chest height level, stretch that monofilament uh, stuff around. Do a do a lower one as well because it hits just above their knees, mm-hmm. and then a lower one, and I would. Buy a, a, a twelve pack of Irish Spring soap. Oh, cut that. Cut them in quarters. Okay. With a screwdriver, drill a hole in each quarter, uh-huh. and then hang those on the lowest one. <laughs> and that seemed to keep the crit, the uh, the critters, uh, the uh, you know the woodchucks and and other you know furry type critters around. <laughs> um, I don't know about the raccoons. They seem to get into everything, but. It yeah. did help quite a bit, and the deer were deterred. You know? Yes, and and uh, you bring that up on College Street as you're driving up from uh, from Montpelier, uh, sort of the back way. And you're going down College Street, right on the left hand side. There's a there's strings all the way around yep. the garden, and yep. they've they've got CDs on them. Yes. You know, hanging down all That's the way. That's right. There's one down in Fairhaven in which it's like, it almost blinds you as you as you <laughs> drive down uh, was it 22A. Uh, yeah, old old CDs uh, but you could also buy that tape which is uh, holographic tape. Mm-hmm. So it reflects everything and that really really works although, you know, it looks like, you know, from your neighbor's perspective, it looks like you. you, you, you. <laughs> well, that's what got me thinking of it. Actually, just that exact point was yeah. uh, imagining the Irish Spring hanging around. <laughs> well, but, but if you had that reflective tape, and I used that too, and that seemed to work. Trouble is, I tried everything, and it and it all worked. So I yeah. couldn't decipher was it the tape or the Irish Spring <laughs> or the monofilament. I should have done it more scientifically. Well, uh, th- then of course you had the realization. That no, I actually want to feed all these yeah, well, wild that's, that's creatures. Wild, you know. It, mom, it all happened when Mama Raccoon showed up with her babies hungry on the deck. I was going through the refrigerator and then buying raccoon food. I thought, oh my god, what am I doing? What are you doing? doing? And then we ended up with nice, five nice, fat, healthy little raccoons, bigger than mom and pop. 
And uh, now they're God's creatures, I guess. Then they did, then they came back and went into my garden for dessert and just wiped it all out. There you, know, you go. You and know. you said, why, why, if you can't beat him, you might as well join, join him. him. Right. Now you put food out for them. Right. Yeah, we all, we all go to the you know, price chopper and get our, get our vittles. Well, uh, one of the girls at, at work, uh, Lucy, she, uh, she goes to Walmarts and, and buys the, the cheapest hot dog she can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, she feeds the crows every morning. Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're and the crows are are abundant. Uh, I, and I did some reading about it, and yeah. this is no, not new. They are so smart; they know who are nice to them and who yeah. aren't nice to them. Absolutely. And since I'm nice to them, they're always on my back mm-hmm. deck. Mm-hmm. You know, and my well, know. are you uh, cutting up hot dogs for them? Not cutting up hot no, dogs; just putting on regular bird seed and things <laughs> you know, for the rest of the birds. And you have a whole new level to go to here, buddy. <laughs> and we had a call during the bird show, yeah, uh, uh, from a lady that spotted uh, uh, a. Uh, a raven in her in her backyard, and we spotted one as well. Mm. You know, mm. and we definitely identified it as a raven. They've got a different sound as uh, the crow, and they seem to be just as smart. And suddenly, they're making themselves visible huh. right now. So, huh. well, it's interesting. Uh, oh, one of the sh- the bird show articles that I was listening to is that they they have. The crows have these sort of uh, home bases, you know, mm-hmm. where they come, you know, in a clutch and they go back there every night. And then they head out from there around to, to you know, go look for food. Yeah, they had a, a, a PBS uh, special, one of their wildlife features. And yeah. to make a very long story short, whenever there's a, a dead crow somewhere, you'll find a whole bunch of crows way up in the sky watching to see what killed that crow. Oh, really? And make note of it, you know. Oh. And if, like, if it, there's somebody with a rifle, those crows will all be gone mm-hmm. so that they're not the second, third, and fourth victims. I'll be darned. You know, and then someone like me who puts out food, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think you have to be that smart to realize, well, this guy's a lot better. <laughs> we'll hang around here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just love the bird, but I'm thrilled that the ravens, and it wasn't just us, as I say, we had a lady yeah. spontaneously call, yeah. and I'm going to pass the, that information on to, to the, the bird boys, yeah. see what well, they have to say. Uh, so the raven is, is a, a slightly smaller, yeah, than yeah, a, slightly smaller than a, and a crow. Different, different. Uh, and it's not the ca crow. No, it's a different, di- different sound. I, I'm pretty bad with, with my hearing; isn't all that great after, <laughs> the, after having these radio headphones. Yeah, and yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis blasting all my life. <laughs> yeah. But there's an app that you have on the cell phone. And okay. Again, this is beyond my level of technology. Yeah. And, but uh, your wife uh, does the it. People around me, what they do is they put this, they they, they hit the button on the app, it records, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it tells them precisely what the mm-hmm. bird is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it works. That's pretty cool. I think that's really great. So we definitely identified the crow, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and um, uh, or the raven rather. But all these little uh, warblers that are appearing right mm-hmm. now yeah. and the hermit thrush and everything that I couldn't identify by the uh, by the sound, uh, this app identifies perfectly. Also, it also shows you a picture. So if you're 
you know, you don't have to see the bird that you you're identify. identifying, but if yeah. you do see him, yeah. it'll give you a picture, and uh, and if you do see it, then you can verify from the yeah. picture. You got a phone call? I do believe we do. There you okay, go. Okay, let us push this button uh-huh. and that button and this button and say, is it good afternoon? Yeah, good afternoon. Hey, Joel. Hey, Peter. This is Lawrence from Marshfield. Hi, Lawrence. How are you? Hey. Good. Good. Uh, ravens are, are generally tend to be much bigger than a crow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they're pretty big, and you can. T- their heads are different. They have more of a forehead, and the, their beaks are a little bit different. Uh, uh, so it's it's kind of easy to, once you, you you know that uh, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. figure them out. But they they tend to be bigger, and they tend to be solitary. Did you, you know, have you seen them up at your place? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, they come around sometimes. And a couple of years ago, there was an, some unfortunate one that had a bad wing. And mm. it was just kind of dragging it. Mm. And, uh, he, I mean, once it, when it's out, stretched out, it's pretty big. And it, uh, it was around for a few days on and off, you know, but, uh, uh, but we also see them, you know, uh, yeah, they they come around once in a while, but mm-hmm. they, they tend to be around rocky areas, or the cliffs where they nest and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, they're beautiful birds, as crows are too. And yeah. They're just as smart, if not smarter, than a crow. <laughs> and uh, crows don't particularly like them, I don't think. Oh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't really judge on the side. This is the first one that uh, that I've ever seen on you the side. You might have saw a young one, too, yeah, though, yeah. you know. But it definitely had the sound of because it was identified uh, thusly as a uh, <laughs> raven. So, oh, wow. How cool is yeah. that? Okay. Terrific. Bigger yeah. than the crow. Okay, great. Yeah, bigger. Okay. Thanks, Bye. Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you, Lawrence. Yeah, our telephone numbers are open. Whether you have something to a crow about or not, 802-244-1777. Have you seen a uh, raven in your front yard or nevermore? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that I'm stretching it. I'll tell you. Okay. uh, Good uh, afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? It's Forbes. How are you, Forbes? (laughs) Not bad. Tap, tap, tap upon my window. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, wasn't it? That's yeah. correct. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> the raven, it's quite a, a beast, <laughs> quite an animal, quite a bird. Yeah, pretty smart. They, um, they, yeah. they have found in nests uh, uh, wedding rings, uh, diamond rings, everything else. Uh, they'll take them right off a windowsill and oh, is that right? the nest. They like the, uh, they like the shiny stuff, huh? Like a magpie. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, All right, can I uh, pay you some honors? <laughs> well, sure, Forbes. Well, uh, this is an open mic was, here. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> uh, about a week ago or so, I, I brought up the subject on garlic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my phone never stopped ringing. My email was completely filled with people from all over with uh, suggestions of where I could get books and Mm-hmm. ID uh, various types of garlics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you're you're pretty effective out there. There you go. Well, I I, um, uh, I was looking at the catalog and and it's really not too soon to start thinking uh, about getting that order in for the fall. 
Um, right. I found that surprisingly, a lot of people are out by the time you start thinking about it in September. So you know, it's a, mm. it's a good it's a good thing to even if you get your order in, most of them don't charge actually. You know, uh, charge your credit card until until you uh, uh, they send the order out. But anyway, um, there are certainly um, a lot of great varieties, and my favorite is the the big white with the four four big bulbs. I find that I really enjoy that one, and it's really hardy up here. There's a, a local fellow that grows actually acres uh-huh. of garlic. Uh-huh. He would be really interesting if you could ever uh, get in touch oh. with him. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Ken Batten. Okay. Kenneth Batten. Is that B with a Batten or is it? B-A-T-T-E-N. Okay, great. I will see if I can. He is the authority on garlic. He grows, you know, acres of them. Okay, that's cool. Quite a guy, quite an interesting guy. Old Okay. All right. Great, Forbes. Thanks All for right. the call. Okay. Again, thank you. Okay. We got a couple of people on the line, and oh, we'll okay. be with you very quickly. We do have to say thank you to the sponsors that make this possible. Meet all of your gardening needs and desires at Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Make a statement with trees and shrubs. Grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts, fruit trees, and berry bushes. And add color with annual and perennial flowers, including lush flowering hanging baskets. Don't forget the accents, unique statuary, pottery, and garden furniture. Plus, soils, fertilizers, and mulches. Everything you need and lots of things you want in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. It's uh, it, we're in the garden and uh, also uh, in the uh, trees, following our feathered friends who uh, sometimes invade our gardens. We uh, are at eight zero two two four four one seven seven seven. And thank you for your patience. Your first name in town, please. Um, Catherine from Moortown. I want to share something about sumac. Okay, great. How how invasive it is for one thing. How poisonous it is for another. My sister was gathering sumac to make a wreath. She was going back to Long Island, and oh, my stars, I didn't see her again for weeks. We were taking care of my mother, and she broke out. She was totally, I would think it was, I would compare it to poison ivy, Mm. both of her arms. Mm. Mm. The other thing I'd like is um, if you fellows would find something to get rid of knotweed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one right there. That uh, is a tough one. That's yeah. it from here. Well, that's it. Okay. Um, can, can you exp- – I'm not quite sure what you mean by sumac. Uh, um, it, it grows – it's wild. It's red. It's a bush on the side of the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right I didn't know that was poisonous. Deer, deer love it. Yeah, and uh, I, I have some friends who cut the heads off and make a – a tea out of it. A You're sun tea. right, yeah, or a cough syrup. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. so what part of it did she react to? The, those heads? or? Yes, yeah. She wanted them for a wreath because they were pretty. Yeah. I didn't know they were that poisonous. No, I didn't know either. I mean, no. particularly people making the tea out of it. Uh-huh. I know. I know. Huh. I'm a poor old person that has to drink it. Yeah, okay, so what I was thinking of is what you are talking about, so I just wanted to make sure. Okay. And uh, knotweed, it is, it well, 
Yeah. And it is invasive, but my stars, it's poisonous. I'll be darned. Yeah. Well, thanks for the tip. I appreciate that. Okay. All righty. Enjoy yep. your program. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, in fact, one of those Bob and Ray routines that we used to play right after your program. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, the expert uh, from the extension service there, their fictitious one, yeah. was w- one of the episodes. Uh, someone sent some leaves and asked to identify them. Yeah. And the, 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 Gardening expert let the host of the program sample eating the leaves and, you know, and tasting them and rubbing them all over. And then he said, yes, I do recognize that as poison sumac. And uh, all I could say is from growing up uh, and spending my summers in rural New Jersey with my grandparents, the sumac, and we always called it poison sumac, yeah. uh, lived up to its name. Uh, yeah. Anybody that came and played around with it got uh, just terrible rashes. You and know? that's and that's the same bush that we're talking same about. Bush, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you see them all over the place. Yeah, I, I and they get huge sometimes. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any information myself, and I have to admit mm. that I'm looking up, and it just verifies everything. I'm trying to see if it, how to get, you know, all kinds of medications and. Uh, corticosteroids that you can put on, et, et cetera, et cetera. Everything looks familiar, but I don't see anything, any quick ways of getting rid of it. If it's anything like that chervil we're talking about, the stuff is so easily spread. I see it everywhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We might have an answer. I've got a couple of more people calling. Okay, great. And, uh, so, uh, Let's go right to the yeah, phone. So keep Catherine's questions in mind. I got it. I, I, I tend to learn... So much from people listening. Uh, your first name in town, please. Patrick. I live in Huntington. Hey, Patrick. What's up? Well, you know, I'm calling about the last caller. Um, I've been harvesting what is known as the staghorn sumac, mm-hmm. which is very descriptive of to what your last caller was mentioning. Yeah. And those red buds are not poisonous. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little, because like I was saying, I know people that make tea out of it, and I've never, so I'm going to have to take a look and see what the difference is between that and the poison sumac. There? Well, to my knowledge, it's the, the uracil. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. Uh, it's the only resin that causes an allergic reaction in people who come in contact with either the poison sumac, poison oak, or poison ivy. Uh, mm-hmm. But the staghorn sumac has a long history of the traditional uses of uh, teas and mm-hmm. different baking mm-hmm. things that um, the natives used to do. Yeah. And I think your last caller may have been describing a different Something red different, flower yeah. that may yeah. have caused an allergic reaction. Well, I'll do a little research, uh, Pat, and I appreciate yeah. the, the point. That's, uh, that's a good one because I, I was a little confused, too. Okay, well, well the poison, thank you, thank you very much. The poison sumac that I'm aware of, uh, has to be the one that's identified in this, uh, uh, article from, uh, you know, you know uh, from, uh, Cornell University, Toxicon, Toxicodendron vernix. Okay, that is the <laughs> genus and species. Toxicodendron vernix. That is poison sumac. Uh-huh. And okay, uh, so we'll try to identify by the genus and species the sumac that is not poisonous because yeah, I've heard of sumac tea. Um, <laughs> 
you know, it's like the ivy-covered walls. It's not poison ivy. There are all different kinds of ivy. <laughs> Do you have a caller? Oh, oh, no. we. I, I, we I think, lost I think Lawrence called again. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's check in. Uh, our buddy Lawrence usually has a usually has a good joke for me on Sundays. Not necessarily on the air, but uh, how are you doing, Lawrence? <laughs> hey, uh, Connie just gave me Peterson's Field Guys to edible wild plants. Okay, and uh, it talk. Yes, the the staghorn sumac is very edible, and it it looks different. It's got it's got two leaflets, so it's got like a, a, a saw, you know. Okay. While the poison sumac is is got uh, it's toothless leaflets, and the fruit is white berries, white berries, uh. and it doesn't look as compact. At least the drawing they have here, it's. Like maybe about six or eight berries to a stem or something. Oh uh, yeah, sumac is red. Yeah, red berry. I'm familiar berry. with that one too. Now that I think Very of cool. it, and it's got looks like the leaves are uh, the branches, the leaflets are much many more leaflets and they're toothed. Well, it's uh, the leaflets on the uh, poison sumac, which uh, Joel said, the vernix, roos vernix. That is, uh, they're smooth edges. Mm. They don't mm. look like, so it's pretty, it, when you're dealing with the fruit, if it's the red fruit, it's uh, either the smooth sumac, or if it's the hairy red berries, it's the uh, staghorn sumac, and that's what people make tea out of, or jam, or all kinds of things, and that's perfectly fine. That's, that's the staghorn. Okay, okay. Yes. well, it's, I guess. The poison one's white, white berries. Uh, okay, great. Okay, they're thank not you. hairy. Okay, thank, 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 thank you, Lawrence. I guess it's like uh, with mushrooms; you have to know what you <laughs> have to know what you're doing, and that requires a bit of research and uh, you know learning from people that uh, that really know. Uh, yeah, sounds I think definite. the most popular populous one in Vermont is the staghorn sumac and that's mm. what most people know mm-hmm. and that's safe but and that's got the jagged leaves on it and not the smooth edges okay. and and it's got red bear red hairy berries and the poison is white hairless berries okay great. ivory white okay that's great thanks go. for the the detail on that huh. Okay, well, appreciate it, uh, Lawrence. Thank I you. Hope so, Catherine uh, was is listening still, and maybe that'll that'll help her. Yeah, you know, it's uh, definitely a different de- different genus and species. The mm. uh, Toxicodendron vernix, okay, mm-hmm. Toxicodendron vernix is poison sumac, and Rus Rus R H U S Rus typhinia is the uh, staghorn Staghorn. sumac. And looking up staghorn sumac, Rus typhina, and uh, very different, red berries, and all kinds of great recipes for sumac tea. (laughs) (laughs) No recipes for sumac tea under the poison sumac. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like an arsenic and old lace uh, theme here. (laughs) Oh, you like... Sumac tea? Yes. Sir. <laughs> Watch out. Watch it, yeah. Make I, sure it's pink. <laughs> I watch those true crime programs, and uh, mm-hmm. people tend to do in, do in people in the oddest ways. And, uh, <laughs> so don't, uh, yeah, don't, 
if uh, yeah, if someone smirks at you and gives you some sumac tea, pass on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell you sure. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Foraging, blah blah blah. Wild sumac is a shrub or small tree native to North America, common to much of Michigan, the Great Lakes region. Mm-hmm. Staghorn sumac, easily identified by its fuzzy compound leaves mm-hmm. and cone-shaped cluster of red berries. And yeah, the poison sumac that I recall as a kid. I never wanted to get too close to it because I remember some of the adults that uh, didn't pay any attention to my grandparents' advice ended up with those rashes all over their ankles and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, as I recall, they, those were much lighter, certainly not red berries. So, mm. yep. Uh, thank yeah. our wonderful yeah. listeners. I tell you, everybody uh, yeah. uh, keeps well, me informed. <laughs> I, I grew up in out in uh, Ohio, right on the Pennsylvania border of Ohio. And, there was poison ivy, poison yep. oak, <laughs> poison sumac, yep. and then uh, itchweed. That was one. <laughs> See, I don't get the poison ivy for some reason. Yeah. And uh, so I'm able to go in my with my dog into the woods, and other people that yeah. oh you know, that go that follow me has have gotten poison ivy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it really is well grown up there by the lake. No question. Oh, about it's it. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the dog doesn't get it. Dog doesn't get anything. <laughs> I always wondered about. Well, I wonder if it's just their fur or why they don't get it on their nose. But no, seriously. <laughs> well, just thank the good Lord. Yeah, Start right. out with gratitude would yeah. be a good. Because she, she is foraging all through there looking for everything. Oh, yeah, a thrown out donut or something. Well, yeah. Well, I uh, my dog. Uh, my, my dog's the baseball beagle, you know. Oh, the one. oh yeah. And so okay. we got four baseball fields by my park, and any and the and because of the fact they have that protected nature area there mm-hmm. at Airport Park in uh, Mallets Bay, uh, there's very little clearing of the area done. In fact, I see college students in classes there, you know, with their little notepads, <laughs> chat, jotting down things as they look at little, you know, little plants here and there. And there's the swamp, the bog that's right there. But uh, when they're playing baseball, baseball gets lost for good yeah. in that in that thick area there. Yeah. And if you go look for it, if you do get poison ivy, you'll get poison ivy. So anyway, my dog goes and finds all those baseballs, and uh, mm. we have a lot. She gets a treat every time she finds a baseball, and then we put them back in the dugout, and that's our fun recreation. <laughs> so, but, Simple pleasures. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, I was re- reminding myself of was that about this time, you want to uh, fertilize, you know, give your whole garden a good fertilizer, and... Um, Particularly now with the uh, powdery mildew and then a few other things uh, that grow on the leaves, if you use a uh, foliar um, uh, spray, uh, foliar fertilizer spray with the uh, fish emulsion or even a combination of fish and seaweed, it sort of acts as two things. One is it fertilizes the plant and it also changes the pH on the plant leaf. So it's a lot less likely to get that powdery mildew, which is, you know, it's, um, uh, my comfrey, absolutely just a big section of it got the powdery mildew already, which I was a little surprised. Seemed a little bit early to me. I usually see it towards the middle and August, but, um, so you know you can uh, kind of do double duty there with a uh, with a good foliar spray on everything, and it'll uh, you know give a give your plants a good good 
shot of fertilizer and and um, and then as well a little protection from the uh, well, is it uh, really the bacteria and the viruses that are floating around and coming to sit on the the leaves uh, like that of uh, arachnos that one and so anyway that's that's a a good thing to do right about now it helps in um, on a lot of things like that. Um, oh, the other thing was uh, right now is a good time on your cabbage uh, plants. All of your coal family is to to inspect the the bottom, the underleaf for the uh, little um, egg patches. You know, there'll be maybe twenty or thirty, or even just two or three. If you turn over the leaf, you'll see a. Usually, it's orange, but it's, sometimes it's white. You just take your thumb and, and rub it. Is will get rid of them. And now is the time to do it. Yeah. Because if you don't do it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get bigger and uh, give them the old rub out. <laughs> yeah. Usually, I notice when there are holes in the leaves, and oh, yeah. it's usually way way too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's of course why I wrote this down is is because I I planted some cauliflowers and I noticed some some holes in one of the leaves. Mm. So I thought, oh. I turned it over, and sure enough, there was a cl- egg cluster yep. right there. You know, a bright orange egg cluster. So, uh, oh, you know what I planted this year that I that I haven't planted before is um, some kohlrabi. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I love kohlrabi. Uh, you know, they are little Sputniks. Yeah, little Sputniks. Yeah, little, remember the first Russian satellite? You're absolutely the right. I hadn't thought of it. Yeah. I love them. That was my favorite vegetable no kidding. as a kid, oh. uh, watching them grow in my grandparents' garden. And I developed a taste for them. Oh, we don't. Okay, you steam them. You really have to steam the heck out of them I'll and bet. then put some kind of sauce on them. Yeah. And I enjoyed them. And then that was that one year when both my daughters were young uh-huh. and I planted tons of kohlrabi <laughs> and nobody in the family even if we had guests over they would skip the kohlrabi so, <laughs> say uh no thanks yeah. uh, i'm getting full yeah i reached the point where i stopped really growing it but i i, I will i will i'll have to write that down and remember to plant them for yeah. next year they are i just like seeing them they, if you if you want to see like a, to say. little sputniks growing in your garden <laughs> kohlrabi and uh, I tell you, the Slavic side of my family—they mm-hmm. they would cabbage and kohlrabi and things like that, mm-hmm. cabbage rolls and mm-hmm. kohlrabi—I forget what the things. It's kind of a stew my grandmother made. Uh, oh, them. she yeah. cooked it down. Oh, cooked it real down. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of like uh, a cream of broccoli yeah. stew. Bro. I think in, I think in the old country because they stored well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were on that list of things that took them into the colder months. That, that's know. a good thing because. Uh, it's it's tough to store broccoli. Mm-hmm. You know, you can store cabbage for a while, but broccoli no, and so you have to almost uh, freeze it, you know, or can it if if you want to store it. But, I'm gonna have to review the kohlrabi recipes. I had a bunch of them. I didn't try them all. I just I basically just steamed the heck out of them and slice them thin and yeah. enjoy them. Yeah. Know. Well, I, you know, when I cook up my broccoli, I always take the stem and peel it, mm-hmm. and then put that in with the the heads, and that just as good as the broccoli. Uh, oh, so 
I can't believe we're talking about broccoli and kohlrabi, and I'm getting hungry. You know? <laughs> usually, gotta, I see a call. Usually when way. you're talking about peach cobbler or something. <laughs> yeah, like that, right. Hi. <laughs> let's see, push that button. And uh, first name in, name in town. There you go. This is just Nola from Ripton. Oh, hey, don't Nola. say just Nola. We're happy. Yeah. Uh, Highlight uh, of our morning here or afternoon. Oh, afternoon. Yeah. Well, morning um, somewhere. Just a little bit on Ravens. Just a little bit because I love them and so many people, oh, damn birds, and they want to shoot them. But on our trek to get uh, compost from Foster's Farm down in Middlebury, you got to pick up a back road to get to Foster's Farm. And the dead trees have been taken down, but there's still probably a dozen live trees. I think most of them are maples. They're big and tall. And on any given day, you look up, and you can't even see the leaves. There's so many ravens on them. Oh, wow. Really? Phenomenal. And sometimes crows. And then on a good day, keeping in mind that you're driving, you can't look up all the time because you might drive off the road. Mm -hmm. There'll be an eagle up there. Oh, boy, yeah. And so I feel like Dorothy, but instead of saying lions and tigers and bears, I'm saying <laughs> eagles and ravens and crows, oh, my. Um, it's just huge, huge flocks of these phenomenal blackbirds. It's such a gift. And so having said that, for anybody that wants to go deep into the raven's mind, Vern mm -hmm. Reheinrich, he's a naturalist. He's written a bunch of books. One is called Mind of the Raven, the other is called Ravens in Winter. Mind of the Raven? Mm hmm And what was it's his good. first name, it's Henry? It's a heavy, but it's good. Mind of the Raven, okay. And, and what was the fellow's first name? Heinrich was... His, name, his first name is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, B-E-R-N-D. Burned. Okay. Burned Heinrich. H-E-I-N-R-I-C. Okay, perfect. All right, great. Well, yeah, good into the mind of the raven. Well, he, he's deep into anything outside. Well, somehow they've made it to, to the shores of the Winooski River and Lake Champlain, where I tend to habitate. <laughs> and uh, first time I've ever seen one, believe it or not. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Hopefully they'll be happy there. There's lots of things to clean up over there. And they oh, are sure. the garbage men of the... Yeah, well, I guess word is out that that uh, Joel has quite the feast there. <laughs> they looked they the well the one certainly looked as smart as any crow that I've ever seen out there, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised of, of anything that a crow could do because clearly clearly they like coming to where I am, and rather than fly away when I go on the back deck when whenever I'm out there, they just stay there, you know? Mm -hmm. They know I'm Oh, and sometimes they talk. Yeah. Oh, they do, yeah. They do. And so just one other thing, and I'll get off the line, and that's just the wonder of plants. Mm -hmm. They're just amazing. So last year, Johnny's seed catalog was marketing something called Red Oric, O-R-A-C-H. Yep. And I read about it, and I thought, oh, my, it's pretty pricey. I just got a little honey package carefully planted the seeds in seed flats, carefully planted them out in the greenhouse and in the garden. Mm -hmm. We've got we've got this huge, massive <laughs> haze bed of red oryx growing this year. 
courtesy of the seeds they put down. Yes. You no, know, so we, we don't have to baby these plants. They know what they're doing. They want to live and grow. I don't know if you heard me mention about the, uh, the magenta spring, which was basically lamb's quarters, the weed yes. that we know of. And that, that just reminds me so much of that because I, Last night, I went out to the garden, and, and sure enough, there was a, a uh, quite a stand of lamb's quarters. And I said, well, now I know what we're having for dinner because I didn't <laughs> have enough spinach. And I picked a whole bowl of the big leaves. I didn't do anything with the stems, but just the leaves. And well, uh, it terrific. It's good, and um, that's a Middle Eastern salad you can make from that. Oh, yeah? It's called fetouche. Fetouche. So you take huh? that. You have to have ripe tomatoes, which that's pushing it a little for right now. Yeah. And cucumbers, pushing it a little bit for now. Uh-huh. Vinegar and olive oil and stale pita bread. Oh. You mix it all together and people are thinking, oh, the bread's going to get soggy. It does. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we just lived on that on the farm in the summers once everybody was coming in. Oh, yeah. So enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, you were actually using the lamb's quarters for that? Yep. How cool is that? Well, it certainly grows well all by itself. Like you say, the red auric. Yeah. Uh, there's something about that, and I can't quite place it, but I, I know it's in a family that, that is a, a weed by by nature. But well, um, So anyway, that's good to hear. Yeah. I, I will I think you can buy that weed seed mm-hmm. for... Yeah, right. Five seventy-five. <laughs> there you go. That, so that's good. what I was saying. The magenta spring, you can buy magenta spring and actually it's just lamb's quarters. But yep. so anyway. And, we will try to let our plants manifest their amazingness <laughs> enjoy it. And I won't bug you with rust this week, but next week I will. All right, so, Nola. Thanks for the call, and I appreciate all well, their thoughts. Cool. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Okay, well, th- thank Joel, you. Joel, I, I, I have a page of stuff to talk about, and I think I've done like three things out of this page. Well, we'll, we'll let you do four so, <laughs> after we hear from our sponsors. How's that sound? Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds oh. great. Okay, and uh, we do want to mention that Dandelion Acres, sponsor of our podcast. Ah, the program is in the garden, and by golly, the hour went <laughs> very fast, did it not? It flew by, yes. You're absolutely right. And uh, so out of the 15, 16 things I wanted to talk about, um, I did four. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, just a reminder, uh, if you find that your lettuce is bolted, okay, and you're in between, you can always grow uh, the soil sprouts, you know, like like the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within seven days you'll have a salad. So... It's just a reminder that that works just as well in the summer as it does all winter long. So, and um, um, so anyway, if you have any questions about that, just uh, look up the book in the library. It's uh, year-round year indoor salad gardening by some guy named Peter Burke, <laughs> Thanks, and it's Joel. published by Chelsea Green. It and is, uh, it is uh, just uh, follow the, the the word that I get. <laughs> Don't try any shortcuts because Peter has learned. The way of doing it. You follow the you follow the, your prescription on that one, and you'll have salad all over the place. That's right. Yeah, that's really. Right. That's great, I've made great. all the mistakes that there are to make, so well, that's, <laughs> that's why I know. Kindly, kind of saying that, but, but uh, that's how that's how you learn, you know. 
and uh, boy, I tell you, yeah. when it's like 20 below outside and you're still picking greens, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's quite the that speaks for itself. Well, it was it? just a reminder because I, I noticed that my uh, those. Lettuces that I plant, it's going to be another four weeks, and like I said, I expect the the ones that I have growing right now are going to be bolting in another three weeks, so in a couple of weeks, I'll probably plant a bunch of pea shoots and and, uh, a whole bunch of sunflower seeds, because those are our favorites. We're talking vegetables, and I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Should we be talking pie? I don't know. You want some more rhubarb? uh, I have some. It's... Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge brownie that usually just knocks me off my stool. All you have to do is mention that. Hey, we're yeah. going to have blueberries soon, by the way. I know. I, yeah. I was so surprised. I saw they just popped all of a sudden. You know, they're they're green and there's just a little tit, little touch of red on a few of them. So. Well, well, we'll hear from Forbes pretty shortly within the yeah. A we'll get of the blueberry update. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and, okay. Uh, he knows, and boy, I think it's a good crop this year. Well, yeah. thank you, Peter. We will be back next week. No, yes, no, next no, week no, we are back. And yeah. we have Red Sox coming up. Kind of knocks our, our yeah. music program off this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Two o'clock will be the uh, Red Sox, and they are at Toronto to play the Blue Jays. Wish them luck. Amidst all the smog (laughs) up there. Oh, dear. Yes, indeed. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. But thank you, Peter, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Joel. In the garden. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden, brought to you by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. Sticks and Stuff and Swanted Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center, and now one in Plattsburgh, too. Sticksandstuff.com, that's where you'll find store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, family mill lumber for all your projects. Check out PR Lumber on Facebook. By Guys Farm and Yard, if it eats and grows, guys can feed it. GuysFarmandYard.com. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel on Route 107, sponsoring the WDEV In the Garden podcast. They're online at dandelionacres.com. We'll catch you next weekend, next Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. And a piece of Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes.